Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Now tell me about the uh, television programs you've been associated with before we get into your book, Life with the Afterlife. Uh, How did they find you? How did you get going into that? Oh my gosh. It's so funny. I, um, I actually used to, I worked with, uh, Jason Hawes and Grant Wilson, uh, who started Ghost Hunters yep. years ago. Good people. I, um, yeah, they're wonderful. And I actually produced a podcast for them before I was ever on Ghost Hunters. And they kept asking me to join up with them. And I kept saying no because I had a very normal job as a project manager and I had benefits and things like that. And, and, looking for ghosts on television didn't seem like a career with longevity. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so then I, um, I eventually said yes, because at that time I did live in California and uh, they were in my neck of the woods. So I went out with them for a couple cases and then I never went home. I ended up filming with them for over seven years. <laughs> so that's a long uh, time, know. long time. Oh maybe. gosh. Yeah, it was over a hundred episodes. I think I was on like 130 episodes. <laughs> That's in, that's incredible. And uh, tell me about Kindred Spirits. So Kindred Spirits uh, came about one of my co-stars on uh, Ghost Hunters, Adam Barry. He and I paired up and just worked really well uh, together. And uh, we eventually, after having done Ghost Hunters for so long, and once I had my daughter, um, Ghost Hunters involved a lot of travel. And so uh, I left that show, and then um, Adam and I pitched the idea for Kindred Spirits, which was a a more in-depth investigation. You know, we wanted to find the spirits, but not just confirm they were there. We wanted to be able to find out exactly who they are and why they are there and really get to the bottom of it. And um, and so we pitched that idea, and uh, Discovery loved it. And so now we're on Travel Channel. We just wrapped our fifth season. That's great. So this, this seems to keep going for me. <laughs> and now these paranormal excursions that you do, uh, that's fascinating because a lot of people don't know how or where to go. You do it all for them, don't you? Yeah, we do. So I um, obviously right now business is a little, uh, we, we've put things off <laughs> for a little bit. Yep. but. Um, we'll be back in 2021 in a big way. And, um, you know, so what I do is I plan paranormal vacations for people. So um, it, we go to some of the most haunted locations in the country. We do a, a couple cruises every year. We go to Hawaii and we pair together vacation and paranormal investigation. And, you know, it's, it's a chance for people to be around a lot of other like-minded folks. You know, you know, you can talk about anything weird, be it ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, whatever you want to talk about, you know you're in good company and that it's going to be received well. There's so much fun. I miss it. I can't believe how much I miss them. I was, I'm was. i really um, looking forward to getting back out yep. there. And they, they will be back. Of all the travels you've done, Amy, what has been the scariest moment for you when you've been out there doing this? Gosh, I've had a lot. Um, but I will say, in a paranormal sense, Probably the the scariest encounter I've had was at Waverly Hills in Kentucky, and um, I was investigating uh, on the fourth floor. And Waverly Hills is an old tuberculosis hospital where thousands of people passed away. Yeah, yeah. and I was investigating on the fourth floor, and suddenly we felt this kind of breeze coming down the hallway, and with that breeze, we heard these footsteps walking. And this was Adam and myself and like two of our crew members. And I looked in the direction of the footsteps and all of a sudden 
this man just appeared before me this and he was he did not look happy he appeared to be in like a hospital gown and he was just staring right at me for a a second and then just disappeared and I've you know I've seen a lot of things in my life (laughs) and uh you know that for some reason I think because he so clearly was unhappy and wanting to to show me that he was unhappy uh, just really just shook me. <laughs> and I actually had Adam lead me out of the place after we were done that with that investigation. I covered my eyes and I just grabbed onto Adam. I'm like, and I said, I don't want to see him again. Just get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> what What have you learned now with your experience over the years? What have you learned about the afterlife that you didn't know before? I would say that, I you know, I know it sounds, it, it sounds cheesy, but is that ghosts are people too. You know, I think that I looked at them as a novelty for so long, you know, especially when I first started, you know, I looked for ghosts because I was curious and also, you know, because I liked the adrenaline rush. Uh, And then it dawned on me one day that what if I was a ghost and what if I was trying to reach out to someone and, you know, they had me do all these things like knock on something or, or I, I, I talked to them and, and tried to get their attention, uh, and then they just left me there. <laughs> and so huh. I think when I had that epiphany, it really changed the way I investigated. I just really started to humanize these spirits, uh, and it not only had an effect on how I felt about it, but it had an effect on the activity I was getting and the way they responded. Is your book Life with the Afterlife based on the experiences you've had? Yeah, I mean, the book, it goes in depth into a lot of experiences. Um, it's like, it's part memoir, part kind of, uh, you know, experiences that I've had looking for ghosts and then also part how to book. And it's all kind of woven together. And that was the only way I could think of how to do it. You know, I, I didn't want to just have another ghost hunting book where I just tell you how to do things. I wanted people to come along on the journey with me and really feel how I got to where I am as an investigator today. Life with the Afterlife. Tell us about the title. Well, that was one, you know, we went back and forth on for a long time. But, you know, I realized my life really is with the afterlife at this point. I, 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 live, I live the dead, which is very strange. But, um, you know, I, it's a very strange, uh, it's a very strange uh, job. But I'm actually a surprisingly normal person, I think. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see about that. I know. We'll see. We'll see how we do here. <laughs> the, the key to the book is the subtitle, 13 Truths That You Learned About Ghosts. Absolutely. And what's so funny is, not spoiler alert, but, uh, you know, each, each chapter has a really interesting uh, title to it. You know, like Ghosts Are People Too, or, you know, if you believe in ghosts, you should probably believe in Bigfoot too. But the the very last chapter, the title is "Don't Believe Any Everything That You Read." <laughs> you know? So it's kind of this moment of, you know, I'm going to tell you all of this, but at the end of it all, I do want you to come to your own conclusions. Like this is my story, but don't be afraid to make your own story. Well, as you mentioned, you believe ghosts are people. Do we sometimes get confused though? Do we get haunted by demons and think? There are little ghostly friends who have passed over. Well, that's something. So I always tell people that 
just because someone dies doesn't mean they stop being a jerk. So if someone in life was not a nice person, in death they're probably still not going to be a nice person. That's right. So, uh, you know, there's many there. Well, I do believe there are negative type hauntings out there. I think that they are extraordinarily rare. And I think that a lot of the activity that people attribute to a negative type haunting uh, is really at a very angry ghost. They do things like growl at you to get you to leave, yell at you, swear at you, scratch you, push you, throw things. They just don't want anything to do with you. <laughs> and, uh, and so there are things you can do about that. But, you know, I also tell people not to panic right away just because you're experiencing activity like that. Again, you know, once you kind of put that psychological spin to it or start to humanize that spirit, figure out why they're acting in that manner, sometimes, you know, you can you can help with that activity and help it actually subside. What are, if those are what ghosts might be, what are angels? That's a very good question. You know, I feel like when you get into angels and demons and things, you start getting into religion and a belief system. And I think... You know, some people believe that angels are their spirit guides. Um, you know, I, I think it, it really just depends on what, what you want to put on them as a title. You know, I like to think I have spirit guides, um, you know, and that's what I guess I would call an angel. But I think it really depends on your own personal belief system. Absolutely. Some of the, I'm going to buzz through these 13 real quick, Amy, and then we'll come back mm-hmm. during this hour and talk about each one. As we just mentioned, ghosts are people, too. Number two, ghosts aren't trying to scare you. Ghost hunting is a hobby, not a career. You're not crossing anyone over. There's no such thing as a ghost detector. It's not always a ghost. There's no right way to find spirits. Beware of hitchhiking ghosts. A haunted prison isn't the scariest place you can visit. If ghosts are real, Bigfoot is probably real too. It takes a haunted village. You don't need to prove that ghosts exist. And as you mentioned, don't believe everything you read. 13 uh, truths that are pretty uncanny. It's almost like the commandments of ghost hunting. (laughs) I mean, I guess so. (laughs) But yeah, it is pretty funny reading through them. Um, You know, they're they're all very tongue-in-cheek, very sarcastic titles. Uh, And I I think I kind of did that on purpose. I I wanted people to go, what? What is she talking about? And then go read it because I want them to really see why I arrived at that. (laughs) Is it easy to go on a haunted tour because people expect something to happen? Yeah, I mean, I I think that's the case with any time, especially when people get out and start investigating. Uh, You know, and that's why you have to rely not just on the actual activity itself, but on the history of what we do and the research and, and just how interesting this field is. Um, and so I always try to push uh, that with people when we're out investigating. I always say, you know, ghosts don't act on command. And, you know, I can sit in the dark for hours and have nothing happen. But that's when you have to have like a really true appreciation for, <laughs> for what paranormal investigation is. What is it about people they like to be scared? I don't know. You know, I, I know when, when I started doing this, I like to be scared. I just, you know, I thought it was, uh, it was so fun. And uh, I, I, I don't know if it's just kind of, it's, it's, it's that idea like going to a theme park and getting on a roller coaster and this like death-defying moment, you know. I, I think it, for some people, it makes them feel more alive. Um, but then I think that as people investigate and look for ghosts, 
they start to kind of take another path. They start to really think about their own mortality and it kind of takes a twist and, you know, they start getting into some deeper, (laughs) some deeper thoughts about like what happens when we die. So there is this shift that happens eventually if you, if you stick with it. Amy, am I in the minority because I don't want to see my dearly departed family standing at the foot of my bed in the wee hours? <laughs> you know, I always wonder that when people say that that's that they have some sort of visitation like that, you know, I I feel like I wouldn't want to do that to my family. I, <laughs> you know, I feel like I'd want to maybe appear at a more opportune time, like at Christmas or something around Christmas morning, <laughs> something more cheerful. I don't want to scare people. Um, I do think a lot of those when people wake up and see family members, I think a lot of those are sleep hallucinations, to be honest. But no, I don't I don't think you're in the minority. That's pretty scary. It's even scary for someone you don't know. When we die, what happens to us? I wish I could tell you. You know, one of the things that I talk about a lot in the book is how the more I do this, the the less I know what it is I'm actually chasing, you know. Uh, I mean, your fourth, have, your fourth point is you're not crossing anyone over. Well, yeah, so that idea to me, the, the reason why I bring that up is for exactly that, is that I, I thought, like, why, why do we think we should tell spirits to go to the light? Why do we think we, we as people who are still among the living, who can barely figure out what the person sitting across from us who is a living is thinking, <laughs> why do we think that we can tell someone on the other side what they need to do? Uh, and it, especially over years of investigating, I realized that a lot of times these spirits kept reaching out with some sort of message or, or they needed something or they, they wanted help with something. And that that was why they kept making themselves known. And so by us being like, you know, oh, you've got to, you've got to get out of here. I'm going to sage this place. I'm going to cross you over. We were actually being kind of dismissive and not listening to them. Uh, and so that was really my point with that is that if you truly want to help a spirit, it, it's beneficial to figure out why they're here in the first place and that that can sometimes help them move on. And so that, that's kind of my version of crossing over. Does technology make your job easier these days? Uh, not necessarily, because I, I've honestly found that I've kind of walked away from a lot of technology. You know, I, I really, I do like a lot of the tech out there that people use for investigating, but I like things that I can just kind of set, and, set it and forget it, as I like to say, <laughs> things that I can set up around me, and then I can, as an investigator just stand there and interact and not be fiddling with all kinds of gadgets and tools and things. Um, you know, obviously cell phones are very helpful in some regards, but have also created a lot of, uh, a lot of photos that people love to send me and, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of orbs and, and evidence that, um, you know, having not been there myself when it was collected, it's really hard for me to comment on. What motivates you at this time, Amy, chasing ghosts? Why do you still do what you do? Uh, honestly, I've gotten into a lot of experimentation with that, with the idea of spirits, and that's made it, uh, you know, a lot more interesting. We've been, we've been really thinking outside the box as far as what a ghost or spirit is, and you know, we try 
different things constantly, especially if you watch Kindred Spirits. You know, we've tried investigating in separate locations. We, you know, we try... Um, we try a lot of uh, double-blind type experiments, and you know, it's just always trying to keep it interesting. And I think that's what that's what motivates me, uh, you know. And also my daughter, I you know, she seems to be really really into mom being a ghost hunter. She right likes now. this stuff. Does she tell her friends about it? Mommy's a ghost yeah, hunter. Thinks, <laughs> yeah, she thinks it. Oh, yeah, and, and you know, teachers and things at school, and it's really fun right now. I'm waiting for the time though when she becomes like absolutely mortified by me. <laughs> I'm sure it's coming eventually. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.